Mon pissed. Mon pissed. Say lie. Say lie. Loop loop. Loop loop. Punt. Punt. Salimini. 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 Well, I mean, he's obviously being doing incredibly disrespectful renderings of chakras. You know. That's what it is. It's like cracked magazine chakra gags, you know? (laughs) Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. All right, everybody. Welcome to a very special birthday extravaganza episode i am your host uh evan husney and whose birthday is it oh that's right you guessed it it's tom fitzgerald's birthday oh, it's your birthday that's right happy birthday thank you guys uh yeah it happens to be uh my birthday the day that we taped this uh this Lollapalooza here so cool <laughs> and 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 uh and that's why we're picking this film. oh yes oh yes <laughs> Oh, yes. There's no other circumstance, I'm sure, that we would have picked this film other than your birthday. But that's probably okay. not. Uh, all right. It's my right, uh, of course, uh, is Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus, how you doing? Good, but it's not my birthday. You got to start working on your pick now, Marcus. That's what, what I was just want. thinking. It's going to be hard to top this one, you know, <laughs> as far as like an antagonistic choice. <laughs> Let me guess. Uh, remains of the day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The last days of disco. Um, all right. So. Uh, Out of okay. Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, this fucking hour. And thanks, everybody, uh-huh. for checking out last week's, too. Uh, it was a great episode on JB. Our uh, one fucking hour uh, love letter to uh, JB was great. So thanks, everybody, for checking that out. Jackie Brown, yeah. But now it's time for this fucking hour, uh, which is Jerry Lewis's... Is it 1983? 1983? Uh, <laughs> good question. 1983. Good, yeah, 1983. Uh, anti-comedy, uh, as we're calling it. Uh, cracking up. So, all right, I'm going to start the clock. Oh, boy. Um, oh, brother. Oh, buddy. oh no. Oh, um, buddy. Uh, oh, all right. bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know, most of the films that we tee up, you know, we, 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 we post it online. People get their pre-watch in, but we didn't really endorse the pre-watch on this one. Um, but so for those who don't know anything about this, which I'm sure that's most people watching, Tom, what is cracking up? What is cracking up? Well, um, first of all, it's a film that was originally called Smorgasbord, okay? And uh, Smorgasbord, uh, directed by Jerry Lewis, uh, the legendary comedian of uh, Martin and Lewis, of uh, the Nutty Professor, of, you know, uh, just uh, talk shows. He's a legendary uh, kind of Rat Packer comedy god, you know? Um, So he, though, (laughs) by the time it became uh, 1982, 1983, when he made Smorgasbord, um, things got really wobbly uh, for him starting in the early 70s. I mean, his comedy was out of favor uh, big time, especially as like the SNL National Lampoon years rolled on. He was a big dinosaur, total Stonehenge time for his, <laughs> his brand of comedy. And he had done, uh, uh, well, he done the, actually, I didn't think of it, but he did the, uh, the Day of the Clown Cried right. in 1972. Let's not forget that. Oh, my God. Um, so then that, that was a huge uh, failure for him. It didn't even come out. And I guess he didn't like it himself. No one liked it. I think he put in way too much money. So he that was not a good start to the 70s. And then, um, unfortunately, the guy, he got addicted to uh, painkillers for his back because he had done all those goofy pratfalls since you know, 1949. And it was really taking a toll on his body. And he got he got caught by that trap and he became a big um, a pill addict. And it was really bringing him down and ruining his life. And he made some bad investments. He uh, made a big Broadway production that was a huge money loser. It's called Hell's a Poppin'. Right. And uh, so his money problems and uh, painkillers. I, he- I heard that he attempted suicide in 1974. Uh, even he got he got that low. I don't know wow. details on that, but I'd heard that. So he's he's low, 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 low. But um, by 1980, he actually surprisingly made a new film that was even more surprisingly, a hit, hardly working, uh, which is actually really awful and maybe worse than cracking up. It's differently awful because, well, what it has is the maudlin side of Jerry, 
you know, like like the tears of little children that look up to mm. the clown man, you know, mm. like sentimental, you know, like uh, sentimental or something. Oh yeah, maudlin sentimental, right. and and of course horrible comedy. It's right. awful. Hardly, but hardly working was a hit. So that's next was, week, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that surprised everyone. Hardly working. So I'm just getting you know, yeah. to this film. So hardly working happens. He even, I think, was surprised it was a hit. And they said, uh, well, what, what's what? He's like, what am I doing next? What are they doing next? I mean, ride the wave because I had a big hit in the middle of Caddyshack and Animal House days. Wowee. Like it was a genuine hit. So he decided to make Smorgasbord, which we'll get into. Uh, shapeless, uh, enormously unfunny um, and just befuddling. So he um, he shot it in 1982. And um, he, Warner Brothers was interested and they did pick up the distribution because of hardly working success. And uh, they screened it in Vegas and the Warner Brothers execs were there and they were like, okay, we're not touching this thing. Like, uh, <laughs> we don't want this at all. Like, it was just like, this will not work. It's not even hardly working. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then, so then they somehow got it together where uh, Warner Brothers did um, a couple sneak preview test screenings in uh, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and Wichita, Kansas, and that's it, in 1983. Wow. And um, huge bomb, no one cared. Uh, you know, the cards came back, they were real bad. And Warners was like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing with this turkey? And they were like, I don't think you can edit your way into making a better film called Smorgasbord. That's the original title. But then they said, let's change Smorgasbord to Cracking Up, and let's just premiere it on ba on cable like the movie channel or something like that uh meanwhile jerry uh did his own distribution of uh, uh smorgasbord without an approved cut from warner in europe and they liked it a little better but now okay so cable so it's by the now it's become 1984 and uh here i am a kid going to school not doing homework me and my friends hang out at my rich friend's house what do we do all day we, we raid the fridge and we just watch bad cable and so we're flipping channels and we go, the fuck is this? And it was, and the thing is, you got to remember cable would overplay the clunkers. Like you'd get the shining, like every, you know, two days a week or something, but then it would just be, oh, it's dead. Just let it roll. Doesn't matter. It's just filler. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. you know, drywall for, yeah. for, for 24 hour cable channel. So they just played cracking up constantly. And me and my friends just knew after school, Cracking up time. Let's go. Oh, it's on at eight o'clock tonight. Oh, it's on at six. Oh, okay. It was, oh, it was on the morning. Do you guys catch cracking up? And we just watched it constantly. And we would just walk around and say lines from this film. And uh, I wasn't, I didn't do any drugs then at that time at all, but it was just the, the soup of that film. It just absorbed in our, our craniums. You know, we're impressionable. Like I know there's two other guys that will never forget lots of stuff that film i could just give them you know little phrases from that movie that we used to repeat over and over again so i, I just want to emphasize this so now it played on cable um and uh constantly for like two years and i guess uh if i guess i'll just wrap up this story with uh i had even more of a relationship with this i started doing lsd like around 1987 and um and we were like cracking up yo and like i had recorded it off cable i had a sacred vhs tape of it so you know like we would do these kinds of things i had a digital delay pedal that had triggering like so it'd be like like hey 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 or looping like hey 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 hey, hey you know and so i would run the audio from the vcr and i would just snap uh little snippets of uh cracking up like our favorite moments like moment like moment <laughs> yeah, exactly and i would just trigger it so i'd go like moment moment and you could slow it down on the delay but then what i started wow. doing is i would take the i would just this is so primitive of course but i would uh i was kind of vjing it was like i would pause the vh like someone would say something like vinegar and oil pause and she's saying vinegar and oil through the audio and i would loop it so it'd be vinegar and oil and then you'd freeze her face and then she'd go vinegar and oil vinegar and we were literally literally coming down on acid at like three in the morning in the in this guy's like uh you know like room at his mom's house and we were fucking dying it was so powerfully psychotic and stupid that it left such an impression on me i don't know if it's good i don't know if it's bad i don't know if it's bad for me i don't know if it's garbage i don't know if it's art but i just it's it's soaked into me and so this led me to never forget this film and years later i started really vjing i worked with dj cut chemist and other people and so um 
like, and also I'm a huge hip hop person. So I look at things this way. I want to remix everything. So uh, when I started working on this project, CineFamily programming there, I would do these pre-shows and I would just, uh, music would be playing and I would just be going like, what's this clip? Fuck it. And I have these DJ, uh, DVD turntables. So you could do that kind of thing that I did on Acid 1987 and just do them um, live, you know, uh, like yeah, live and yeah. with more, you know, uh, sophistication. So we could look at an example. Well, I, I did just want to say last, before, yeah, if please. I can, um, because, you know, one of the scenes I know that really made a big impression on you. Let's let's show the people a little bit of, uh, you know, regular right. Excuse cracking me. up as it comes out of the package. And then let's right. kind of get into a little bit of some of the stuff that you've done with it. Um, pre-fucked with. Yeah, pre-fucked with. So this scene, which I think is a high point in the movie, if you can call it that, yes. is... Um, can, you, can you explain this scene while I'm queuing it up? Like, it's basically... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, uh, Jerry is uh, suicidal in the film. Right. And um, he needs help. He heard he was advised to see a guru called Dr. Grasnova Perks. And so uh, he he actually stumbles into him. That's a whole other story. I'm already. Yeah, during an avalanche, <laughs> during an avalanche, he, he finds the guru, but the guru is injured by the avalanche, Ugh. and so he needs an operation. The guru, that the wise man that, that uh, Jerry's character was seeing, but they both right. were hurt in an avalanche. So he, so the guru, Doctor Grasnova Pucks, also played by in, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he plays. <laughs> Most of the people in the film. And so uh, anyway, I'm trying to think here. He's injured and the doctors are like, well, let's get the anesthetic. And he goes, his character, no anesthetic. No anesthetic. And, uh, and they go, really? Are you kidding me? And they're like, and he's like, no, I have studied with, you know, like uh, spiritual guides from all over the globe. I, 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 I can totally disassociate myself from my body through trance. And then we go here. Okay, here we go. Finding. Finin, Wallach, Wallach, Punt, Punt, Selimini, Selimini, Mummy, Mummy, Wolupu, Wolupu, Heist, Heist, Mumpis, Mumpis, Say Light, Say Light, Push, Mummy. Jesus Christ. Can I just jump in for a second? The king of comedy, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I I don't I don't know Jerry Lewis's career. I don't know this movie before. In the early days of being Okay, Jerry. All right, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> I I just happened to catch Tom uh, walking by Tom DJing this VJing this one night, and I was like what is that? What's that caveman movie? And I always ask him every few months. I'd be like, "What's that caveman movie thing again?" I didn't recognize it was Jerry Lewis. I didn't. I had no idea. It was oh, a really? Or whatever. But I didn't it was, even know that. Whatever you did, whatever Tom. Does, I didn't know what you didn't know it was Jerry. Yeah. I don't. Th I don't think I. I don't know. Now, well, now so, it, it's so, hard to you know after this movie gets into your brain, it's hard to remember like what you knew and what you don't know anymore. Yeah, but um, yeah. it, it yeah. definitely had an effect on me, and I, I found an appreciation for it through. Tom's art, you know, and there's like when I was rewatching it for this, I was just there was I was like dead falling asleep for a lot of it, but the, you know, um, but every time I would get to something that Thomas put his hands on, I was like on the floor. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I just want to say too, I want to echo that too. Like I have vivid memories of walking into Cine Family, like oh, we're gonna go see whatever movie, you know, and <laughs> while I'm getting my seat, you know, you know, you're because just because it was a. I made a pre-show out of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and you would just see, Mormon. you know, you would see certain things on the screen that would just like, what the fuck is this? But anyway, I, I, I do want to flip over to your remix of that scene because I think it, you know, hey, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's all fun. But let's just explain for whatever it's worth is that, of course, because it's a comedy, um, he goes in the trance, but the second the scalpel hits his body, he goes, ouch, wow, no. So that's what, that's the, that's kind of actually the meat of this remix. So let's check it out. It's 10 hours long, by the way. Okay, great. Yeah.
That's Pretty art, great. folks. <laughs> I mean, so uh, so, so there, there you go. It's it's a lifelong journey, and uh, it's a special film to me. We'll get into the guts of it and bullet points, but that was my personal thing, and it's my birthday. You know, <laughs> you we don't give a fuck because it's my birthday. Like seen the most, you think, out of any movie? Sorry? Is this the movie that you've seen the most out of like any movie? No, Ooh. No. no way, not really. No, I've, I just I cut it up. Look, it's like a butcher shop, guys. It's like, I mean, I don't know when I've watched it from beginning to end in a long hey, time. I'll, like, I'll, well, I'll, uh, not, yeah, I'll uh, take a few moments. Uh, give me, give yeah. me two pounds yeah. of moments, and yeah. you know, yeah. give me, uh, <laughs> give me the roller skating mishap, uh, like right here, Oops. or that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, anyway, so that's all. So, uh, the thing is, there's a few things just to end my personal journey thing. Uh, like the Scorsese doc, like this is my personal journey in cinema um, is uh, I don't know quite why. And maybe it's there's uh, it's I don't know. It seemed when we talked about this earlier, very malleable and um, modular, you know, because it's so deconstructed. It's so there's no story. There's 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 nothing connecting anything. It's all random, uh, strange voices and gibberish. Non-English words, uh, <laughs> mugging, strange faces, non sequiturs, you know, like, it, it, and, and it feels so natural to just pull it apart. And yeah. it's such a natural to just deconstruct it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's so easy to decon, not easy, but it's like, yeah. it screams to be deconstructed yeah. and to have pulled, reversed, backwards. It's just, um, hey, I don't that know, kind of that's a backhanded compliment to Jerry, but he did succeed in making this uh, strange artifact where it's not a film but raw material to make like weird anti-comedy dance beats you know yeah so here's my hat my hats off to him marcus you were saying what were you saying oh i was just gonna say though it's it's that's interesting because it does the film kind of unravels like it literally feels like it's unraveling like as it goes on like you like you said there's not really a plot but there is like a framing device but then that gets dropped somewhere like about an hour in, that gets completely dropped, and you just, just you don't know up. what happened anymore. It's almost like a Dangerous Man or something, but <laughs> made by a guy who definitely who, who made definitely. really it's good. On movies, you know? yeah. It's on that level. It's on that level. It's it's, it's dangerous. That guy was just crazy. Un- like unfollowed threads, movies. you know. Yeah. <laughs> can I? Can I wonder we... if that's just the cut from like the wonder, you know, the uh, the studio cut or something. You know, I wonder if Smorgasbord cut. Made I don't think there's much difference. I think they. Uh, no, Warner Brothers was saying like. We can't even re-edit our way into having a, a real film here. They, yeah. just, they just threw their hands up. Yeah. Can we show the people one more it. scene that is, you know, indicative of just the unfunniness, the uh, just singularness of this yeah. movie? Like, is there another scene that comes to mind that we should? Oh, you're show? asking Cause me? I, yeah, because I, I, I have something mm-hmm. I want to th- thread through with that. Is there a scene I should cue okay. up here? Because we have a so this is the. Uh, we want to get into some anti-comedy examples yeah, just so people um, get a better sense of what the movie is like well i mean uh king kong's pretty good okay should we do that or should we uh sculpture? we could also do then the the art gallery but you know there's, there's, oh, there's so much to choose let's do the, art, do the gallery. art gallery yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah okay here we go so this is just a scene this is yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a yeah, gag yeah. this is a gag from the film here we go oh well hold on let's actually set it up a little bit in that this is not set up so there is a, there is a framing framing device, as Marcus states, and inside the framing device, some things happen. But then also this scene happens that's divorced from anything relatable in the film. Right. It's just. Let's go to an art gallery. Or a museum. Now. He just pissed his pants momentarily before this. Yeah, he did. Yeah. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. The blue boy painting pissed on his pants. Right, right, right. Okay. Or something. You know what? I don't, something like that. Well, now he's looking at this very nice uh, painting of uh, the bull. <laughs> we did not pause the picture just now. I, that's just something you don't see anymore. The, the freeze frame. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, okay, so there's a few things going on here that that also were so fun for a dumb teenage mind and an LSD mind is um, the deadly pacing. And I've described this before just because that scene is a perfect example of maybe just a point I'll bring up, which is um, the, the jokes just fall so flat into a silent void uh, <laughs> uh, of stillness and, and just deathly silence. They just fall and they're still alive though. And they crawl very slowly into the corner and die. To die. I think he's like a, maybe. Well, like, hold on. So, so, so the, so number one, the components here are, well, the main component is the pacing. It's simply wrong. And it starts relating to, um, like uh like turkish comedy or something like that you know what i mean you think like, it's like, like, like to leave room for the audience to laugh there or something is that why it's so wrong like the timing I, I, is so bad i think that's part of the thinking but i think jerry wasn't jerry lost his fastball like like years ago and uh and so so what i'm saying is he's like the guy like the athlete who's like i still got it and like they know how to lay up a, a shot <laughs> in the hoop but it's like they don't have uh, the goods anymore yeah. so he's he just got really slacking and lost he never had pacing like that he was always it, he was a bit more of a craftsman than that it, you know it definitely feels right. like yeah someone well past their prime you know trying to use like windows 97 or something from you know moment to moment here <laughs> oh but what i also what I will say yeah, uh, i just wanted to say one thing just for context for the audience too you know many of the people listening film fans you know blah 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 this movie comes out the same year as the king of comedy. Yeah. Okay. Martin Scorsese's, yeah. you know, film that Jerry Lewis, star, you know, stars in. And that's trippy to think about, like when you're watching this movie, that this is coming out in that same zeitgeist, right? Like Jerry Langford. Yeah. Jerry Langford. There's actually a shot in the movie. Cause you, you, when you, I was watching it just earlier today and like, you forget, you know, the comedy is so outdated and everything is so outdated. The, the style of humor and comedy that yeah. I remember. And there's that scene where he plays the little kid with his friend, you know, and they're crossing the street. <sighs> I was and, tempted to grab that. And 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 you zero in no. on it and he's holding an Outland lunchbox which you know had come out in 81. No. Yes. You're kidding. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, nice detail, my man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like First of all, there's minute. an Outland lunchbox at all. I know. You know. Well, yeah, number 1, but number 2 1981 like, Sean Connery film. Yeah, we're like in 1981 with this fucking shit, which is just really Rayabla. I'm gonna look that up after this. No, but just just one one sort of chunk bullet point just to get let's get through this real quick because there's the final thoughts of the con uh, the historical context for him. Uh, this is his first PG film, and in like I think the press release they kind of led with that like this is Jerry getting a little saucy, you know, like and a little bit uh, a little uh, with some sexual jokes, a little and a little, a little uh, toilet humor, yeah. And so uh, it's like middle fingers a couple times, you know. Ooh. And so um, what this is is another thing, a di another dinosaur thing I was talking about. Um, oh well, let's talk about this. This is the whole topic, uh, you know, Frankenstein. So, um, so okay, there was a revolution when Jerry became passe, you know, nineteen seventies on National Lampoon, and of course SNL. Uh, you know, so like Caddyshack, Animal House, like you were saying, I mean, uh, Airplane, even, yeah. you know, well, sure, everything. Like George Carlin, just the whole revolution mm -hmm. happened, and he had no part of it whatsoever, and he was the instant old man. It's sort of like Jimi Hendrix, you know, comes in, and then suddenly, uh, you know, crooners yeah. are kind of like cringe. Yeah. Right. So a couple times people fought back, um, like, like kind of like, I can do that too. You know, like I, like I, I know these kids. You know, it's that awful old man thing, like like uh, airplane. Like, oh, I could do that in my sleep. You guys like airplane? Come on, here. Bu -bu -bu -bu. So this is him doing like airplane, and that's why I think he ex allowed and excused himself to have so many non secretaries. He's doing airplane in his fucking feeble mind, right. and um, this reminds me. I have one correlating uh, an, uh, analogy. An example is a little little more going to school here, and then we'll wrap it up. But um, Jerry making cracking up and saying, I got your Caddyshack right here, pal. Okay, he's doing that. There's an analogy in horror right then. Jerry Warren uh, had been making those kind of like uh, crab monsters from outer space, you know, like atomic women on the moon. You know, so he was making that crap 50s and in, into 1965, 50s in the first half of the 60s. Then he did not make a horror film. 
And somebody, one of his old actress buddies in Hollywood said, you know, Jerry, uh, you know, horror's back really big. And he didn't really look into it. He didn't ask like, oh, really? What kind? It's like, yeah, slashers, Halloween, Friday the 13th. He just went, horror's back, really? So he just made a horrible film called Frankenstein Island in 1980, 81. That was where he left off from 1965. (laughs) Nothing is informing him post-1965. So it's got like bikini wonga wonga girls and like mad mad scientists with like, you know, like, you know, crazy contraption, you know, put the thing in your head and and you have a brain transfer. And it's like 1981 and nothing informed him. Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, nothing, nothing. Night of the Living Dead didn't even inform him. So again, you can see what I'm saying, the analogy where it's like uh, these old guys are like, move step aside you know like uh, i got this you want horror i got it it's this this and this so i think it's a pretty good analogy and i think you have well, some thoughts on uh, oh i mean it's just it's just some something must be in the air you know because uh when i was 17 years old i i, I had seen frankenstein island and i did a parody of frankenstein Island, like the making <laughs> that's amazing of, of frankenstein island for a high school short film starring my cousin where he played the director trying Holy to make Jerry this, Warren. Yeah. Well, like my own like version of it, but the movie was called. So it's like the Island. burden of dreams of Frankenstein yeah. Island. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So why are you hiding that man? Why'd you hide that little bit of information from us? Uh, I gotta maybe, see that. I gotta yeah, see that. I mean, it's not good, but I mean, it was where I started. That's where I started. I mean, that's, you know, that's where I got Amaze my balls. Door, Frankenstein Island. That's, that's yeah. cray, dude. Maybe you should make that, you know, uh, make that film now. <laughs> you know, remake, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, weird. that could be like uh, the room, like because well, uh, you know artist. these kids today, they don't know how to make movies anymore. You know, I'll well, show them. I, I was gonna say that <laughs> right, that, right. that 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 theme followed me. You know, like I, I made this movie about a sort of outsider, singular filmmaker like that, and then I would you know right, them in, and you love Miami, that Miami connection. That sort of theme like started there and kept going. But the thing to that's me is really like, interesting. It's really weird. Yeah. But that's a really interesting. It's your birthday um, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a, honorary. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing to bring up, though, with Frankenstein Island and in the context of cracking yeah. up, because it is kind of like once you've done something for so long, like Jerry, you don't watch other people's stuff. You don't you're not watching yes. how other how comedies evolve. You're, yes. you're just like you're on your boat. You're you know? in a bubble. You're in a bubble. You're on your cruise ship and you're just doing your Absolutely. own thing. And whatever, and you're not paying attention to the world moving past you, and that's what right. this is, you know. And that's yeah. what makes that it so also too, right? Jerry's, like, t- like, Jerry's good. like just just happens in music too, right? I think that's like an instinct that people have, like when they are kind of washed up or their careers going out. I remember like like late '70s, you know, like all the hard rock bands, like punk comes in, and then next thing you know, they're trying to do like punk songs. You know, there's like hard. Oh, totally. Uh, Alice Cooper. That's one of our favorite. Genres, uh, what do we yeah. call it? Dinosaur new wave. When yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. When the, when well, the like Alice Cooper, and, uh, yeah. like like caught in the jeans, or caught in my zipper, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Flush totally. the fashion, like they do. Like yeah, Alice Cooper does a new Flush wave album, fashion. or like yeah. uh, Led Zeppelin. Uh, what is it? Wearing and tearing is supposed to be like their punk song or something. You know, I don't know that. Like we still got it. You know. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's, it's, oh, Pete, Town- Pete Townsend had that really bad. Oh, he was so self conscious and neurotic God. about that. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. We uh. I just want to say about going back to, to cracking up Smorgasbord. I mean, Smorgasbord is the perfect name for this movie because that yeah. really is what it is. It's 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 a a, a group of you know uh, non sequitur comedy vignettes. But the thing about it is that it it's that it, it struck me watching this movie. It's so stripped down. You call it anti comedy. Is that like it has no sentimentality in it whatsoever. There's no love interest. There's I mean there's nothing. It's just this grouping of scenes that feels like you're almost like ease like you know how woody allen when he makes a movie it's just like notes that he has like in a dresser drawer you know that he's collected for a while it's like if you took all of jerry's you know post-it notes and just dumped them on the floor and you're kind of going into yeah, the notes just that, like, them up randomly it must have been informed somewhat by like i don't know i'm going out on a limb here i don't know but like kentucky fried movie or that kind of thing where it is a skit kind of you know, like well, that's what I'm saying. Put together. He's doing airplane, yeah, you know, okay. and, and the like. Yeah, like spoof movies. Top. Uh, I mean, this is after, but like top secret, you know. But like, um, actually, you, you're raising a good point here. Maybe for a segue, yeah. Doctor Evan here mm-hmm. is, um, you, you know, you said there's no love interest. 
There you go. You said that there's really no love interest in that. And, and I, we know why, if you watch the film, there's no love interest, because there is. He starts dating a girl in the last two minutes of the movie. Right. You know, you know why there, I mean, I know what your point is, but also just uh, on, on it, within the reality of this motion picture, um, it's, it's a film about, the film opens with this character, Warren Nefron, uh, and he's attempting suicide. But he's such a loser that he can't even commit suicide. He's, there's two suicide attempts in the beginning and a third later towards the end. And so um, what I'm getting at, this is about depression uh, and uh, su suicidal thoughts. And now, like I said before, I don't have any details, but I've heard that he attempted in 1974. Yeah. So this is actually a very depressing – This, if you told this story differently, the story, the basic skeletal story, it could be a very depressing film. And sometimes it feels that way. So here's the first suicide attempt. So, but the gag is like, he's such a loser, he can't even kill himself. So, but forgetting the, the, the jokiness, the whole film, the whole framing device is him going to a psychiatrist and saying, what's wrong with me? You know, my father was a weird loser. I'm a weird loser. I can't do this, I can't do that. I fail here, I fail there, I fail everywhere. And so, but it's not like a lovable loser thing. This movie is kind of screaming in pain mm. and is a cry for help because jerry was doing terrible and uh, side note he had finished the film and he was editing it in vegas and he had a massive heart attack yeah. and he needed a triple bypass and that calmed him down a little bit but he really was beaten up in the previous decade and um i just want to say it's uh, it's very it's a sad ugly film when you just if you were to read out what really is um this character warren nephron and uh well there you go I just want to See, say when, when I saw this, <clears throat> this is the opening of the movie, and I saw him in that in that skilled fall there, um, with this you know, and and you would see like, I I feel like that would be a device in kind of like a movie like I, we we said on text like a Charlie Kaufman clone would have like this yeah, kind sure. of humor you know the self deprecating sort of you know humor. But when I saw that originally the first time I threaded this movie up, I was like you know. This is going to show some promise, you know, like it's going to. All right. It's funny. You know, it's you a physical, fool. physical comedy. <laughs> really? and, I, and I saw like, OK, I know, I know. and then and then it was just like off the rails into, you know, full on, Moment. you know, and that was, well, you know what, you know what, you know what phrase gets me just thinking and exactly what you're saying is someone once said it takes a talented person to make a bad film. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, because there it has to be dynamic enough to be engagingly bad. I mean, there's bad, which is just like, you know, like uh, the Banger Sisters, you know. But like, um, this is wildly bad because there is, I don't want to compliment him, but like he has a creative energy and that scene does work just yeah. on the basics. He did fall right. It was framed okay. Right. I mean, there's many disasters to come, but just uh, he's, he's, he's successful enough at his craftsmanship and creativity where uh, something's happening, but it's a complete misfire, but it's a it's a big bang of a misfire. So there's a lot of thoughts in my head right now, but like um, Marcus has got maybe. Though. <clears throat> oh, please. Oh, I yeah. just wanted just for a sec on that opening stuff. Like it's really for me, it's like if you're not yawning in the first couple minutes, you know, you're in, sort of got an inhuman uh, appetite for this kind of thing. I, I it's so, so for me, it's like really slow in the beginning right off the bat. It's nice and slow. And then like everything about the. Uh, this is sort of kicking a dead, you know, a horse when it's down or whatever. But it's like, it, you know, it's got that like shot on a set quality. The lighting feels like all like there's those Flat. heavy dark shadows. Like so the cheap. Ceiling, the ceiling feels like super tall because well, there's no ceiling, you know, and it's like it just feels like a a set and uh, which reminds me of a TV show, you know, like yeah. which is like a bad play basically, right? So it's like it right off the bat, it feels. Um, that, that sort of when they first time they go outside i'm like wow like this because you feel it's just so it's, claustrophobic it's, it's so like, culver city like i said right it feels very lazy filmmaking yeah, in that way. of course yeah. cheap and he, he didn't work with his regular people let's, he couldn't get them so let's the amateur uh, crew let's mm. let's show the the good people some more scenes from the film i think we should you know really mm -hmm. kind of explain yeah, show, what show, too. show what we're kind of been talking about with the the comedy um what are you thinking they deserve um, to see <laughs> they do deserve. Well, let's let's uh, definitely got to show Jerry go skating. You know. Um, yeah. And I well, think this and that, is and a that, eureka yeah, moment for you as well, right? Because <laughs> yeah, 
the way it uh, I've never I'd never seen and maybe before or since seen uh, anything comedy or whatever uh, ever been um, executed this way. Uh, it's a failure as a joke. It's a failure in the execution of having the joke follow through visually. But he accidentally stumbled into this really fascinating kind of deconstruction of like uh, film editing. And uh, it's it's at the very end of this brief scene where um, Jerry goes skating. What could go wrong, right, guys? He's just going to go to the skating rink. I love that box. Oh, yes. But uh, I was stopped in my tracks when me and the boys were watching this in my, uh, in my youth. Um, we didn't even laugh at it. It was just too... I don't want to build it up. It's just... It's just so damn wrong. It breaks all the film rules. Coming right up here. <laughs> no wonder the French Big love it. Here we go. Right here. <laughs> he's, that was a visual representation of someone stopped in their tracks because he's wearing ice skates. Let's, yeah, let's wait again. So, um, no, but it's like... Okay. <laughs> it's like he's like well it's it's poorly framed it's like totally it's so martian that is so like and the biggest movie ever in venus was this yeah. <laughs> it's like what like All it's right. not framed good. like it's not on his face it's like low and just yeah. the back of his hair it's almost and, like they uh, use the b-roll to like solve the joke well they're, well, they're, the they're, they're pal- working so well they're palindrome <laughs> something i think that's the intention i think that, that is he wanted that but he's palindroming on this tiny one second, like and yeah, 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 like back and forth palindroming on the um, yeah, 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 on the on the video, and then he's just in the mic, like yeah, 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 you know, like matching like a palindroming <laughs> one second, going palindroming, meaning you know, like like going back and forth, uh, forward reverse looping. So I mean, That's is that it. genius? No. Is this? Is it is funny? This? No. It's is, amazing. Is cracking no. up uh, Jerry Lewis's no. um, all that jazz? <laughs> No. <laughs> All that jazz. No. All right. Marcus, what it's, you uh, uh, I don't know. That, on the note of that palindrome thing, I just, those little moments like that can really, really stick in your brain in a movie. And like that, I, before we move, move on, like that other thing, that, uh, the, uh, in the bull scene, there's that freeze frame. Mm-hmm. And like that is just a classic thing that you don't see too. And you know, it's like, um, the actor didn't hold long enough. You know, when they were reviewing the takes, they're like, I didn't hold long enough to, to sell the joke, right? So then they do a freeze frame to like make the joke work. But then it's just so alien to have them stop. Yeah. It completely it's too long. And like well, just, well, no, the film grain changes different, you know, there's this yeah, yeah, of course. Text. It's like zooming in or something. It's so yeah. amazing, yeah. Optical printing. <laughs> no, but like but again, that leads because the thing is you you, you could have done a freeze frame. But it should have been a tenth as long as it did. It hangs there so long that I actually always think is my computer freezing when I see that. It's yeah. so we just did, and I thought like, oh, maybe the playback we when we played it earlier, the bull, you know, from the painting. It's yeah. like, oh, what happened? It's like, no, that is the intention. And then of course, what do you do after you uh, have a freeze frame that goes on vastly too long on screen? It just dies. The pacing's awful. You cut to what the bull tore up. In, in the uh, museum, and uh, that just sits weird. there forever. It's very yeah, weird. Just, let's have that sit wow. for a really long time. Um, it's like, you know? I think, with I no sound. With no sound. No, co- no, no, wait, hold on. No music sting. No, like, you don't hear the bull <laughs> the distance. Like, <laughs> like, it doesn't have any kind of, like, um, nuance or any kind of that, f- like, uh, flavor. It just hangs. It just sits there. It is it's weird. It's the it's silence, like the stillness, and, and, and the deathly pace that's what always fascinated me, fascinated me the most. And in a weird way, it is kind of LSD because he's stretching. You know, it's like how time gets weird when you're on hallucinogenics. It's like it's it feels like, why is this so long with him looking at the bull? You know, it's like it's like it doesn't have the pacing of, of normal things. You know, everything's normal except cracking up, you know, um, you know what I mean? Mark, Everything yeah, yeah. follows the rules. The yeah. base, even a bad movie follows the basic rules. Yeah. 
Right. I, I, yeah, that part didn't even make any sense. So you just explained it to me. The bull. Like I literally just didn't know what was happening until you. Wait, wait. Now what I'm like, oh, like the bull went through a hole. I didn't like understand what was going on. You know? Holy oh. shit! Look, <laughs> I'm not surprised you aren't. You know what I mean? Like, like of course you are. Like a little like because it's not even it's not articulated well. Because it's yes. made by like a person from fucking Neptune. You know. Well, I have a theory. <laughs> like, I have a theory. I just want to throw this out there real quick. Clock's ticking, but I have a theory. Um, you know, sure. Oh my god! Only twenty-two minute, more minutes to talk about. I know. This. I saw I know. that. Yeah. I have like about an hour left. I was just gonna say, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Jerry. It's like you know, everyone knows his reputation. He's not the most friendly person on the planet uh, in terms of not. you know uh, how he works. I have a feeling that the energy on this set was dismal. I have a feeling. Oh, like he that's was, a great point. I, I have a I have a thought that he was just absolutely a, a fucking pain in the ass. And you can kind of just a tell. monster, a tyrant, monster tyrant. You can kind well, of well, tell. Listen, like, in let the me air inform that. The, yeah, he, he didn't. He wasn't. A, he, he for many reasons he didn't work with a reliable crew that he had worked with. You know, like like for decades, like he didn't have his editing guy, his lighting guy, and so he probably was berating these like twenty nine year old bearded That's guys. What I'm That's know? what I'm saying. You're so right, and it created yeah. a dismal like like the editing bay. Like, yeah. what are you fucking blind? Why did you cut there? You know, like because I have a thought that like there was some times where I'm watching. I think totally. the scene where he's talking about hot showed hot showed uh, when he's hot doing that whole thing showed when he's doing that. I just like had this feeling like every that feeling of a crew member holding a boom mic, just wanting yeah. to fucking kill this guy. But kill this is him. what we're this is what we're all here for is to watch him do that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that energy like, watch is him. present. Yeah, like. Let's have a terrible time making a comedy, and uh, and we're all being attacked by the uh, the funny man, the lead, and uh, yeah, just dismal. No, well, the one the one little tip. I mean, of course, he's always been a monster. That is the reputation. But post triple bypass, he did, according to friends, mellow out, and he even would admit I had to cut down on the high anxiety. And I, I'm just quoting Jerry. He was like, you know what? Sometimes I'd be at a restaurant. And uh, yeah, I'd turn red and I'd start screaming for 20 minutes about a guy, you know, not bringing me yeah. a, the fork when I asked for it, you know. Right. And so uh, evidently post 1982, he was became more of a pussycat. But so all um, of this is building up to that moment, though, because he has the heart attack yes. in the edit. He has room. heart attack like <laughs> months after he does. He does months. I think he had a heart attack. He, he started having the heart attack editing. Yeah. He's like in so, the bay. So, so he's probably imagine. like, you fucking cocksucker. Where did you? Fucking like who taught yeah. you how to edit? You know, and he's like, ah, 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 you know, and like, and then he's like, I'm fine. And then he thought he had indigestion, and then and he's having a fucking huge coronary when he woke up in the middle of the night sweating. I think he was like so, a um, yeah. classic like a diet pills kind of like speed type guys or something. No, no, he was on Percodan. Mm -hmm. um, he had just quit Percodan. He says, which is this hardcore uh, painkiller because of his back. Yeah, that's like an opiate or something, right? Or, I don't know. know. It's Percodan. It's yeah. It's one of those monster. Highly addictive. Things. Highly addictive. And, he, I'm sure. and I'm, it highly addictive. And he probably took way too much. The dosage yeah. and drinking like a bottle too. a day. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. And yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know if he if he uh, did big fat rails of speed. Um, let's just assume he did, or I, I don't know. He, he was he was a big druggie. Yeah. He was a big he was a big druggie with like the legal drugs. Time out. Let's um, time's getting precious here. Let's we have a lot uh, of clips. Let's let's. <laughs> watch the king kong clip in the context of oh, a miserable please. crew <laughs> yeah a miserable crew good call. Having, to, having to film good this call. okay here we go like There's nothing to be afraid of nothing can happen to me there is nothing to be afraid of. I, I love the king kong clip nothing can happen one of my favorites there is nothing to be afraid of there is nothing to be Nice arm, nice King Kong uh, hand. But let, actually, maybe we can focus on this too. Maybe let's dovetail and just it. maybe put a button on um, it, the depression, like the cry for help here. I did it. My friend always pointed out just how desperate. If this had German sub, if this had German subtitles, this could be like an art film right here, right here. <laughs> <laughs> muttering into the void 
He's muttering like a like a lost Mumming. child. Excuse me, in in the into the void. So can you just quickly thread up just to put a button in this thing? Is the uh, suicide attempt? Uh, God, which one? Hold on, sorry. Wait, Marcus, there's a lot have, of suicide. Do you have a theory? Before we move, oh, okay, yeah. Before we move on, like uh, just that, I uh, that that hand, right? Like my yes. eyes, <laughs> I was thinking it was like, you know, I was imagining. There's that part in the Ed Wood movie where he's like looking at like stock footage and he's like i could make a whole movie with this and i was just imagining him walking around a prop department going like i could do something with that king kong hand you know and just sort of like oh, not totally. leading with the idea leading with the props that are available you know and you're like that said it, it looks so bad that i don't even <laughs> think a prop house would have a king kong hand because first <laughs> yeah, of all yeah. the fingers are so skinny i think they made it for the film actually yeah. it's got yeah. it does have a little part of a Frankenstein Allen vibe to it, at least. Totally. All right. <laughs> sure Suicide? So Suicide? just what I'm saying is, well, we left off with the muttering and muttering into the void and staring blankly like a lost uh, imbecilic child, right? That's how that hilarious scene ends. And then if you get to, God damn it, wha wacky suicide. Yeah. Wacky suicide here. This is towards, this is like the penultimate scene kind of. And uh, our, our, our our character here, Warren Nefron, is once again attempting suicide. The third suicide attempt in this comedy. And, um, you know, he runs out of gas, so he doesn't have enough <laughs> juice to uh, have the car roll off the cliff. Ah, ha, ha. So um, there's something, there is sort of some, some filmmaking here, uh, kind of. And uh, once again, this has kind of everything. It's not like one of the showy scenes in the stupid film. But it's uh, the pacing is on exhibit here, the deathly pacing, but also just um, how it's so far from comedy, you know, um, and uh, let's just let it go for a second. Oh, look, look what just happened. It's what he wanted to happen. Right. So then he's like, uh, and then, by the way, I thought of this only yesterday. So he's out of gas. Or no, he was going to fill his tank with his reserve of gas. I get it. Now I get it. Okay, never mind. So now he's just <laughs> walking with his tank. So now he's like, well, I'm taking my tank of gas. And uh, he, he brings up the wind sound effect. It's cold. It's chilly wind. It's getting dark. He looks defeated, exhausted, at the end of his rope. And he's still, his instinct, his only instinct is to end his own life. Actually, this is the fourth suicide attempt. I'm gonna set myself on fire oh in this comedy. <clears throat> But uh, in order to do that, you needed a match. Now it's just cold. He's going to walk 10 miles to go home. It's freezing because the gas makes him colder. One <laughs> nice long take, too. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's deathly pacing. So anyway, I'm just, you know, you get what I'm going for here. There's a real clear undercurrent. Or actually, an overcurrent because it's the it's the narrative, it's the plot of the film: depression, suicidal thoughts, um, misery, yeah, uh, self self hatred, hopelessness, and um, that's not a that if you don't play it right, that's not a good recipe for um, comedy. But also, more importantly, I think it's the only story that Jerry could have told in 1982. You know. Oh. Well, one thing I wanted to bring up, if I can, just quick segue, is talking about with this movie. Uh, in particular, is the idea that, you know, we talked about anti-comedy. We talked about the reasons you liked it are accident... They're not, for not the, the purposes in which they were intended, you know, yeah. you are responding to. Let's say it right. that way. Um, yeah, yeah. But what I've I never did, laughed at cracking up. Right. But what, what I did find interesting, <laughs> okay? Now, follow me here, is when I saw this movie, because it's so freeform, it's so nonsensical, the concept of anti-comedy, or that brand of surreal comedy is so ubiquitous today that it's interesting looking mm -hmm. back at it now in that lens and I instantly thought Freddie got fingered a little bit 
Because I was sort of thinking about, yeah. you know, Freddie Got Fingered is deliberate anti-comedy, making almost a yes. meta statement about the film industry and comedy filmmaking yeah. and all that stuff. Tom Green right. was an early intentional anti-comedian. Right. right. And so that uh, that's what I thought watching this. But also, I found it really interesting, look, scrolling through Letterboxd, seeing what the response to this movie was. And it's like yeah. very positive. It's like <laughs> most. I've read a positive. lot of that, too. And, I and, know. and it's like, this is Jerry Lewis's playtime to the people that like it, you know? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, yeah, wow. Maybe or, we're wrong. I don't know. Yeah, or people people who don't like it on the other side, the very few comments there were were like calling it, this is Jerry Lewis's Inland Empire. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah? Really? That's yeah. a quote? Yeah, wow. it is a quote. Direct sure. quote. So I just thought sure, it's interesting that. that people, and people were throwing out Freddie Got Fingered, which I was surprised. Like people oh, were relating. Oh, no that. kidding. Because I just kind of okay. pulled that out of my rear, but people were really yeah. comparing it to that. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. But that, again, intentional versus non intention. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because the big difference is, uh, and I've talked to Vernon Chapman, you know, the comedy writer, and, um, you know, we, 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 <laughs> we almost immediately started talking about cracking up somehow. And, uh, <laughs> This is funny. And then, uh, yeah, he just uh, he cited one of his riffs, the anti-comedy riffs, uh, where this woman's reading out a license plate in, in, the, in the film he made. And uh, it goes on for like 78, you know, alphanumeric you know, characters. <laughs> right. And he just I, I was watching with him and he just looks at me and he goes uh, cracking up. And I go, totally, <laughs> you know. And so um, what's funny, though, it is the go the godfather of anti-comedy and maybe the most anti-comedy film ever. But he was, of course, not intending that whatsoever. But every, but it's always better. The best stuff is always unintentional, you know, because um, it's from the heart, you know. So, uh, but he really uh, is way before everybody. Tim and Eric, all of it, you know. And um, yeah. I don't yeah. even, I don't even know if it still gets its due. There, Jerry complicates things, you know. If this was made by a nobody, you know, like uh, like some film that you know gets lauded, you know, uh, at the room or something like that. But if Jerry. Throws people. I think Jerry. I think this film uh, repels people because just a lot of people are repelled by just Jerry Lewis. Like, no, nope. Yeah, not going there. Right. You know, I, I feel like you guys are a, a bit like that, or Marcus yeah. even. Well, yeah. yeah I, I, he was not. He was like not beloved for my generation at all. Like I felt like my parents even made jokes about him. You know, the only thing I knew about Jerry Lewis as a kid was that he was like the punchline on David Letterman. David Letterman jokes and. I mean, I don't. There's tons of people that don't know Jerry Lewis at all, but they know that he's popular in France, and like that. That that was like a way that Americans used to slag French people. You know, they're they're snobby, they're perverts, and they like Jerry Lewis movies. You know, somehow like, they have horrible taste in comedy. It's such in a comedy, weird yeah. thing. And, yeah, it's such right, a weird right. thing. But <clears throat> I mean, for me, it was like you know, I I had grown up watching The Nutty Professor. You know, and um, so I, I'd seen that a lot as a kid and probably maybe some of the, you know, the bellboy or whatever. I'd probably seen a couple of those other ones, too. And yes, it is a bunch of comedy vignettes where the plot's very loose, you know, mm -hmm. but again, it still has that. I go back to it has a shred of sentimentality or a love interest or some 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 thread that, yeah. you know, a human can watch this and follow it from point A to point B. And, right. you know, th this movie doesn't doesn't even give a fuck about that you know so it's it's just he's making because he's because yeah. he's making airplane or, yeah. or, or, or actually really more to the point you're right kentucky fried chicken or, or you know like tunnel vision or groove tube and he must have because he, he was aware that these that um these kinds of films were eating him and his peers lunch for like a decade you know so he he did have to i'm sure he snuck in to one of the jerry lewis theaters by the way he had a whole series of jerry lewis theaters yeah in the yeah. 70s that uh that kind of made him almost go bankrupt but like um so so uh it's just that you know it's that kind of there's another angle to look at that too it's like it's like jerry didn't watch the same animal house we all watched like he's he, it's like uh, lost he in probably translation. didn't watch it <laughs> he probably no he, watch he might have watched one or two or like walked out of airplane after the first 20 minutes what i'm saying is when he uh, absorbed it he's seeing it through this strange jerry lewis lens so it it, it comes out uh, um, he, he's doing, he's trying to like do something uh, that he thinks people will like. And that's never a good place to start in general with art uh, because he was, I, I did learn something. I just read an article today where he was saying like, um, or his, the press release was saying like, this is Jerry getting kind of rude. You know, like um, it's like Pat Boone doing metal or something like that. It's like, like the zeitgeist <laughs> is like the zeitgeist is middle fingers and 
you know, like uh, pee jokes, you know what I mean? Like, so, but it's not really where he lives. It's not in his heart. So he's, so he's not, he doesn't get it on a fundamental level. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't yeah. understand middle finger application in a comedy and how he already lost because people are giving the middle finger by 1982 in movies. That's it's ironic. You know, it has layers. He's bitter. He's, he's got a bitter. He's got, he's like a tangible bitterness. And he, well, in the film. He's also bitter. <clears throat> it feels very lonely too. It's like, lonely. you know, I know it's, it's a sad like, film. It's lonely at the top. You know, it's like a guy that they, like Martin, from what I read, Martin and Lewis were like Beatlemania before the Beatles, right? Like they were huge. Like, God. Huge. There's like very few people that are achieved that level of, you know, success in the world. And I'm sure no one, few people told him no or whatever. I'm sure he felt very, he, was, he was, didn't feel like he was among peers, but the film feels very lonely. Like there's, there is like some supporting cast, but like in some scenes he's playing against himself. They're not, if, yeah, there's a few cameos really. Yeah. And there's a few times where like, yeah. he feels like he's playing the straight man and the goof, like in the same scene, you know, like there, there'll be like a goofy character, like on the airplane or something. He's the straight man, but then in another scene, he's the goofball, you know, yeah. like roller skating, whatever. So it, it feels it kind of like wavers, but between those two things, a lot yeah. of scenes he's alone, you know. Yes. Yeah, I, I want to say uh, alone in a room with a with a pissed off twenty something crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guy. that's what I'm saying. But I, I just want to say, like, that's... okay, lunch, guys. I love <laughs> you know, that, Evan. You know that's what happened. You know that's oh, every 100%. scene. Everyone making that movie hates him. Because he worked he's with strangers. I, yeah, I just yeah. read that this morning. Like yeah. he worked with a crew he didn't know. Oh, unlike what he always. Used to do. They hated him so bad. But let me just say them. this. Yeah, they all hated each other. Everyone hated each other. Uh, but the thing I wanted just to say is off what you were saying. <laughs> all, right. all right, the thing I just yeah. wanted to say. <laughs> say like, how about the, that? Like, sorry, yeah, sorry. Just the thing I wanted to say <laughs> off the tip of uh, what Marcus was saying is lonely at the top. The celebrity. It mm. is just there's poetry in the fact that the the yin to the yang of cracking up is that uh, is Jerry Langford in King of Comedy that he is actually playing yeah. that character that is really <laughs> also true to the other dark side of Jerry Lewis is the Jerry Langford in Scorsese's film and then yeah. and and this is almost like the sad extrapolation of a Jerry Langford trying to be relevant again. Well, it's it's a Jerry Langford film. It's a Jerry, you it's could I mean, say, yeah, yeah. It's a Jerry yeah. Langford film. It really is a Jerry Langford. And like film. that's the thing. No, and it's like, well, no. How about or then to extend this whole relational thing is it would be if Johnny Carson made an R-rated comedy, right? With like uh, like girls peeing and stuff, and like he did it in like, nineteen eighty four. You know what I mean? Like, or you know what I mean? Like like pee jokes, you know, and like uh, right yeah. or like remember barfing, when we like like like. Uh, like Doc Severinsen's barfing. Yeah. <laughs> remember when we were those, old, we were those old clips where it's like the old the old uh, time comedians were doing like psychedelic stuff, like uh, Jimmy Durante doing like LSD yeah, sure. jokes. Jack like, Benny, uh, yeah. long hair. Gadoo. Yeah. right? Let's. Uh, there you go. Let's. No, let's so that's show, so that's. Go ahead. I'll just say let's show What's the a good, good example people, of this. Well, I just want to say let's show the good people. One of the scenes people do remember, if they remember this movie, and that's the scene with the waitress. I think we should at least get it in. Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. So Classic. you want to set it up? It's just a segment. Oh, it's just, no, I can't. I can't okay. set it up okay, because it. you're <laughs> following this character, sort of, who's having problems and articulating his sad life to his um, to his psychiatrist, and then this scene happens. <laughs> it's nothing to do with anything. We have Caesar, watercress, lettuce and tomato, plain tomato, plain lettuce, bib lettuce, hearts of lettuce, hearts of bib lettuce, lettuce leaves. Uh, uh, that, that, that'd be fine. Watercress is always the... Uh, watercress it is. Good choice. You got it. And what do you have on it? We have vinegar, vinegar and oil, <laughs> plain oil, thousand island, hundred island... Hawaiian Island, Three Mile, Three Mile Island, Island, Russian, German, Swiss, Mayo, Seven more minutes, Roquefort, guys. Roquefort, blue cheese, brown cheese, cheese, cheese and bacon, bacon, bacon bits, bits, bacon, bacon, bacon chips. chips. But it does, it <laughs> does. Vinegar and oil. Good choice. You got it. Vinegar and oil. But it is definitely. Yeah, vinegar um, and oil. That is yes. like, man. Cracking up walked so, you know, Tim and Eric and shit could run, you know, I mean, for real, yeah. you know, yeah. 
in some ways. She's actually really funny, I think. Yeah, well, that's Zane Busby, who uh, she's in uh, Up in Smoke is one of the groupies that they pick up in the van. She's in Americathon, if anybody even knows what that is. And um, yeah, she's great. But uh, and so that's almost a, a, a successful scene. But um, but yeah, Tim and Eric, it's just it's just so funny the clash of intention, like 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 made in earnest and made ironically. Nobody of this more modern generation could ever even attempt to make something like that with sincerity. That's what's no. so special about that's uh, cracking up. I'm glad you made, I'm glad you made one final mention of that. You know, yeah, because there's nothing ironic. There's no irony in no. cracking up. No. I, Trippy, a trippy Zane Busby fun fact that that one with with a, with the friend Dresher voice like she was uh, an assistant editor on Holy Mountain or something like she worked on Holy yeah. Mountain. That's Whoa, that's so weird. Just like worlds fuck. collide. <laughs> yeah, um, with crazy. with uh, two minutes on the clock, we wanted to pass it around and say what scenes in this movie for everybody are almost funny. Um, right. Tom, you start. <laughs> Birthday boy. Um, well, well, I would say yeah, that uh, what we just saw, the, the full waitress scene, yeah, the full waitress scene isn't bad, but I'm almost accrediting uh, Zane Busby's performance. Um, but it still sucks, and it's weird, and it's still not really funny. The one tiny moment that kind of works for me is uh, Jerry's character is in the hospital after the avalanche, and uh, the nurse, you know, it's an avalanche, so he's injured in an avalanche, so he's really cold. You know, when you're in an avalanche, you're really cold. So in, uh, the bedpan is changed, and the nurse is throwing the bedpan out, and it's ice cubes. Yeah, right. Because right. it's so cold. But <laughs> she's shaking them out, and one is sticky, and there's some very good uh, comedy. I'm also, com- I'm, by the way, I'm complimenting someone else again. Uh, the nurse, uh, the woman who plays the nurse, does a great job Watch the having clock. to pluck the one final ice cube out of the <laughs> bedpan. She does a beautiful job. It's very funny, but again, that's yeah. another performer doing that, not Jerry. I'll be brief, and then Marcus, take us home. <clears throat> I'm just going to say the scene in the beginning with the office when he's slipping on the floor, uh, the very last moment of that scene when he's like, <laughs> like pushing the chair across the floor is is an is. What is he like? It's <laughs> is it a, is an absurdist, uh, wonderful little moment that I enjoy. Marcus, the take us home. you. I, I only ever watch at the parts that, laugh at the parts that Tom remixed and just and sort of nostalgically chuckling. And laughing at those, um, but there was one joke I noticed at the very beginning. Instrumental theme song, and the and the credit comes up, and it says intro song sung by Marcel Marceau. Yeah, and you think it's funny? Yeah, I know. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I think that's thing. halfway funny. Ah, moment. That's a, that's an automatic moment, my man. Uh, we're saying like, what's what's halfway funny? You know, that's halfway funny. Hey, if that's what you think, I can't elaborate right now. Or after rock on brother rock on boy uh all right everybody that we, was one fucking hour we actually did it we did it we did it um that was barely one fucking wow. hour on on smorgasbord uh aka oh, cracking up wow are we recommending moment. people watch it oh, oh moment moment to you pal uh, nomen you recommend it <laughs> nomen nomen you know what <laughs> you know who you are if you're bold and tre- and you know no trepidation just go fucking watch the hell out of Cracking Up. Um, yeah. I don't know where to find it. Maybe there's a VHS. No, no, I think there was a Warner Brothers. Warner like Archive. One no, there's uh, a Warner Archive. There's a probably Warner on, um, yeah. on yeah. Uh, yeah, like Amazon or something. Yeah, I was it's looking a, for a BD rip. Couldn't find no. it. It's pretty there's rare. No, no, no Blu-ray. No, no, no BD. But uh, uh, yeah, Warner Archive DVD. But yeah, I mean, look. It's so funny in today's age you know, with like looking on Letterboxd and how everyone just... They, they just love movies and they just... They love being positive on films you know and it's just so funny to read all these like five star reviews of cracking up on letterbox five star reviews oh it's just it's wild yeah so anyway hey, look um, maybe we're wrong no i don't not, think we are not to be confused with the other cracking up yeah either that's also a comedy yeah. from well, uh tom it was it was your birthday i hope you had a good time um right sure yeah, did I hope, I hope you had fun um it's your birthday Let's talk about next week. We didn't really solidify this, but I think we're gonna we're gonna pull an audible and solidify it because I think it's an interesting topic for next week. So, Marcus, I don't know if you're hip to this yet, but we're doing it. Um, next week, uh, everybody, we're gonna be looking at uh, a complicated movie in many ways. Um, I think Tom, you're a little you're a little more neg on the film. You don't like it as much no, as I do. No, I just do. think uh, it doesn't work a lot. 
Okay. Uh, but it's fa- fascinating, and there's some it's really cool filmmaking. Yeah, this is going to be really a, cool filmmaking. This I'm is going to be a little Zardozian for an episode, uh, but also I think uh, I mean I like it a lot more than I like Zardoz. I'll tell you that. But um, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, and next week we're looking at William Friedkin's Cruising. Okay, starring Al Pacino, notorious film, controversial movie, but also some wicked shots in that movie. Let me tell you, and and uh, and also a great soundtrack. So we're going to talk about that um, next week. So everybody, get your pre-watch in for Cruising. I hope you mm-hmm. enjoyed uh, Tom's birthday spectacular. <coughs> and yes. um, and I- I'm sorry. I apologize to America and the yeah. world. Yeah, you, you should also apologize to maybe like the four or five people who. Our regular watchers of our show who might have blind bought this DVD. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe you can return it, you know. <laughs> but uh, all right, everybody, have a great rest of your weekend. Um, stay out of the snow if you're in New York like me and uh, enjoy your moment of zen. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Wait, first. Bye. Moment. Okay, see you uh. everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome, please, uh, a brilliant filmmaker, Jean Luc Godard. Could you clear up something that's a mystery for, to a lot of Americans? Um, Jerry Lewis, as much as he's admired as a comedian, but an awful lot of Americans are in the dark as to why he is so almost sanctified by Europeans, particularly the French. Do, do you also find him funny? Very, very, yeah. very. If not, no. I think yeah. it's very funny. Even when it's not funny, it's more funny because it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. Hey everybody, this is Evan here with a little one fucking hour Easter egg uh, for you. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Earlier on in the uh, discussion on cracking up, I made reference to Jerry Lewis holding a Outland lunchbox, a lunchbox uh, memorabilia item from the 1981 Sean Connery sci-fi film. Uh, Upon further inspection, I realized it's actually not an Outland lunchbox. Very sad. Uh, It's actually a Ghostland lunchbox, Uh, so I must have been completely hallucinating, thinking that's what it was, and it's not. Um, So I just wanted to clear that up, uh, so not to get busted by the Jerry Lewis police on that one. It would have been great if that were the lunchbox, if that's really what it was. Uh, I actually had been reading the Outland uh, 19, uh, I think, early 80s comic book adaptation of the film, uh, drawn by Jim Steranko, and I think I had that on the mind uh, and that's that, that's why I made that uh, incorrect reference. So uh, apologies. Uh, anyway, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy uh, next week's episode. We'll see you then. Bye bye.